0: To the Unlucky Genius, the podcast on which we talk about race, gender, media politics, and masturbation. My name is Emma Spees.
1: And I'm Justin Gudger.
0: This is um episode two. We're recording on um Sunday, August 30th. Uh it is hot as fuck here in LA. I don't know about about Mississippi.
1: I don't know. I haven't been outside in uh, several hours, but it was it was kind of warm out there when I was when I was out there earlier.
0: I think it's the hottest weekend on record so far for LA, actually. Oh
1: wow, it must be yeah. terrible.
0: And it's it never rains, so there's uh, that. But so we're recording on Sunday. We posted our first episode on Friday afternoon. It was about forty eight hours ago, and we just have to uh, say thank you to everybody who listened who liked our facebook page um gave us feedback and comments and encouragement and i was really blown away you know by the interest that um everybody has shown um so you know thank you guys so much and please keep giving us feedback and please keep listening um as we continue to like figure this whole podcast thing out and make it better and more awesome.
1: Yeah, thanks everybody um, for listening, for those of you who who did listen. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening did and listen for listening and go now. Back
0: and just stop right now and go back and listen to the first one. We don't want you here yet.
1: Yeah, the, we're kind of doing like, I mean you can't listen to the second episode if you haven't listened to the first episode because there's a whole bunch of stuff in the first one that you need to have heard to understand this one. I'm Bullshitting you right now, but you should still go back and listen to that because we like to watch the numbers go up on SoundCloud.
0: We sit there and we stare at the page and watch the numbers go up.
1: Just hit and refresh. We learn those shortcuts and shit like f five every every couple of minutes. You know? Yep. But uh, honestly, you know, I wasn't I wasn't too too blown away by the uh, the attention that the first episode got because uh, you know who who doesn't want to. Sit and listen to uh, MSBs talking about politics for hours.
2: Shut
0: up! No.
1: (laughs) I mean, I was
0: only—I was blown away because I have no faith in any of you. (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I'm definitely here to hear what you have to say about some politics and some masturbation. So um,
0: we got to crank up the masturbation. We
1: really do have to crank it up and uh, crank some of that out. If you know what I mean.
0: Today, um, if you enjoy the sound of Justin Gudger's voice, if it, like, turns you on, you can masturbate to that, because he's going to be talking a lot more. Yep. (laughs) I was opening the door for you to, like, say some really interesting shit, and you slammed that door right back in my face.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: Um, okay. All right, so all right. I want before we jump into what we're going to talk about today, I want to just um, bring something up as a follow-up to our conversation last week about street harassment.
1: Yes, street um, harassment, we talked about that last week with, um, you know, you had some bullshit going on. And, uh, and then Joe has some shit to say about it. Fucking Joe. I just had to bring Joe up because I fucking hate that guy. And we're gonna Yeah, we can
0: bring him up them. a lot. Yeah. If you're confused, you know, this is a call. We already have callbacks, but I think it's pretty cool. This is a callback. Go back and listen to the first episode, and you'll figure out who this fucking piece of shit Average Joe is. Average Joe would certainly not be offended by the verdict in the Owen Labrie trial, um, which is what I want to bring up because... Um, it was just a few days ago, I think, um, that Owen Labry, who was a 19 year old prep school grad, uh, was, this is in New Hampshire, Concord, New Hampshire, was found not guilty of felony rape. He was found guilty, interestingly, of um, endangering the welfare of a child, which is a misdemeanor, and a felony charge involving use of a computer to lure a minor. The latter charge can carry up to seven years in in prison, but he hasn't been sentenced yet. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. Of course, this happens all the time. You know, like the vast majority of rapists are never, ever convicted if they're even tried. I wanted to bring this up because I feel like it is related in a way to what, what we were talking about, about street harassment. And before I say anything else, let me just give a caveat. I am not saying that street harassment... And rape are the same thing, and I'm not saying that when I related my experience of street harassment, I was being raped. So don't email me. I'm not saying that they're two yeah. different things. But I want to I want to bring them up because um, as listeners of last week's episode will remember. This guy, Average Joe, jumped up my ass for not being polite and being a dick. That was the word he used and being cold and like not welcoming this, this attention from strange men. And when I was reading about Owen Labrie's um, trial, I was reading about his victim's um, uh, statements when she was on the the witness stand. And she repeatedly said that she told him no when he was raping her, but she tried to be as polite about it as possible. And she said she didn't want to cause fuss. And basically it seems like at no point in this girl's life, when, when, she, was, when she was raped, she was 15 and he was 18. This was last year. Um, so yes, yeah, statutory rape. It seems like if someone had told her it's okay for you to be a dick. If a guy is raping you and you, and, and you want to get away, scream and yell and punch him in the face and punch him in the dick and do whatever you can do to get away and you're not going to get in trouble and just be a fucking dick, you know? Right. This sort of mindset that would lead a guy like Average Joe and like a lot of other guys to say like women have an obligation to be polite, you know, to smile at men and say thank you and like kind of welcome their like, you know, sexual attention um, is the same mindset that informs a 15 year old girl describing what is undoubtedly a rape, but also describing how she was afraid to speak up while it was happening. So I just wanted to bring that up as an example of, like, this is what patriarchy does. You know, what happened to this girl was, like, a million steps away from street harassment, from what, what I've put up with living in L.A. and what other women put up with um, all the time. But they're rooted in the same kind of belief that there's a certain way that women are supposed to act, and right. it's nice. We're supposed to be nice.
1: That's, it's absolutely disgusting, the whole thing. I... Um...
0: Well, the only reason that he wasn't convicted of felony rape, while at the same time being convicted of all of these other things, was because the defense argued that she had not resisted forcefully enough.
1: And and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. How could you possibly um, determine you know, whether or not he was raping her based upon her actions? Yeah. It makes absolutely zero sense to use that as the basis, because a person does not have to say no for it to be considered rape to begin with. They just have to not ever say yes.
0: This is an example of these kind of like ways that patriarchy, I guess, insists that women's experiences uh, be defined. We have to define what rape is. We have to define what resistance is. Yeah, We have to define what consent is. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with thinking about what those things are, I think, and with, with creating definitions for them but the problem is when when patriarchy defines them away mm. and it just made me really really angry when i was reading this that if someone had had told this this rape victim that it's okay to like be a bitch You know, or, you know, whatever society wants to call you if you don't want to fuck a guy. Yeah. Then, and I'm not blaming her at all. I don't want it to be, oh, if she had done this, if she had done that. I'm not saying that. I'm I'm calling, I'm trying to just kind of call out, I guess, um, patriarchy.
2: Yeah.
1: And and on top of that, like, why would she even have felt it was necessary? or, Or whomever was questioning her, I guess. Why would they have felt it was necessary to even bring up, you know, like, beyond I said no. I don't know whether I said no forcefully enough. Mm-hmm. Just the consideration to begin with, mm-hmm. um, it has no place in in the uh, evaluation of whether or not it was it was rape. You know, well, it's
0: rape victims who are always who are always questioned and always immediately suspect. You know, like if your home gets broken into, there's a very slim chance that anyone is going to question you about. Well, were your doors unlocked? You know, like, could they see your TV from the street? Because, like, if they could see it, then like you were just like putting yourself in a position to get robbed.
1: You were just you were just asking for it.
0: Exactly. You know, like, you know it's, it's always rape victims who have to they you know they have to prove they have to to prove from the beginning that they're telling the truth, and they come up against a great deal more questioning.
1: Yeah, and, and they they have to prove that they um, were taking the pr- appropriate. Uh, steps to safeguard themselves against criminals.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: It's disgusting.
0: It's it's horrible. And, you know, I hope this kid does some prison time. Like, I don't want him to be in prison forever, but, you know, he's just, just a rich little fuck, and he clearly is. It's an extremely elite, like, private prep school, and he's going to fucking go on to Harvard or Yale or, like, wherever he bought his way into, you know... Whatever university he 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 sort of like wormed his way into, and he's gonna he's gonna keep on doing this shit. Statistics show that like that rapists rape repeatedly, so he's gonna keep doing it. And in college, where he's even farther away from from any kind of adult supervision, you know, with fucking drinking culture and and all of that, you know, yes. frat culture. So hopefully, he he does he does some time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So. Justin is um, doing something really interesting with his life right now.
1: Yeah, some major life changes going on over here.
0: Yeah, let's hear about it.
1: Okay. Well, I uh, I have recently decided to go vegan. Yay! <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh, a little bit under a week. I think it w- I think I just made this decision on uh, Tuesday, uh, but actually for about two and a half weeks, maybe, maybe three weeks before that, I had already stopped eating the meat and, uh, was already feeling pretty damn good. I lost like 10 pounds.
0: I didn't realize it was that much. Damn.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's crazy. Um, but I am feeling fantastic. Uh, I, I, was, I was telling you the other day about how I, uh, I was just taking a walk outside and I had so much energy. I, I literally did not know what to do with myself. And I, I just started spreading for no reason. You know, I, I did a ton of push ups, like more than I've done in like years and years. I've been just a very uh, sedentary individual uh, yes. <laughs> pretty much since high school, you know, which is it's been about, you know, six or seven years since I've really been a physically active fellow. Honestly, I thought that it would be hard to make the transition, but it's been relatively easy.
0: So, like, what are you, What kind of stuff are you eating most of the
1: time? Well, <laughs> in the beginning, I was going to Taco Bell and eating those bean burritos, like, every day, because they, mm-hmm. they're so cheap and so delicious and so filling but uh, I'm trying I'm trying to you know stock the fridge and the pantry with some stuff uh, that I can just eat when I'm around the house and I don't have to drive you know to taco Bell every time I'm hungry
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah. um,
1: so I've been eating some uh, some black bean uh, burgers
0: and some other things I I assume are in them as well I, I
1: assume I, I you know I know there's no no meat. And no dairy in this.
0: Probably some vegetables, though, and some, like, a binder.
1: Yeah. So I've replaced my milk with uh, almond milk. And I'm, I'm trying out soy as well. Uh, it has a little bit more protein than the almond milk in, in there. But um, that's been kind of hard. It's, it's kind of an overpowering flavor. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, I'm just eating a lot more vegetables. My, my greatest trial... Has been uh, eating out with friends and family. Mm-hmm. I went to a buffet the other day. Oh no! Yeah, that was a nightmare. What but, did
0: they? What did they have that you could that you could eat? Uh,
1: basically, I ate like every stalk of broccoli that they had. Yes,
0: <laughs> you know that's one of my favorite. I would have been fighting you for that broccoli because I fuck broccoli. Uh,
1: broccoli is amazing. I've always loved broccoli. Um, mm-hmm. Now I just you know I don't smother it with cheese anymore but uh, yeah why would you
0: ruin it like that
1: well you know <laughs> i know
0: <laughs> well so uh, what else did they have at the buffet
1: okay so i uh had, you know a salad and some broccoli and some carrots mm-hmm. you know with some mm-hmm. other i guess some some other foods that your your typical you know uh heavy meat eater would consider uh rabbit food or, yeah. or, or bird food
2: mm-hmm. uh, yeah i
1: mean don't fuck with broccoli that's the shit I, I, I still didn't mess with the brussels sprouts because i've absolutely hated those since birth
0: They probably boiled if they were in a buffet they were probably not like well-cooked delicious brussels sprouts like listeners brussels sprouts are like my favorite food and i'm not lying like i i have to stop myself from like like stuffing myself to the point of like being uncomfortably full when i eat brussels sprouts so Justin and I are like butting heads a little bit about this,
2: yeah, about this
0: sprout issue, but you know I, I'm going to come out on top. <laughs> we'll You're going to get it someday.
1: We, we'll see. I mean, if you can if you can work some kind of witchcraft and, and make me like Russell sprouts, then well, of I'm course I can.
0: I'm a woman. I have witch powers. Witch powers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the challenging things I think is the going out the going out issue, the social. A sort of social life. If you're not hanging out with a bunch of other vegans.
1: Absolutely. So. Because I mean, it's not like any, when you go vegan or, or vegetarian, even like, you know, the people around you are really like giving a shit about that. <laughs> right. Um, actually I, I went to the gas station earlier with my buddy, uh, my buddy, Jacob, shout out to Jacob, who probably isn't listening to this. Um, hey Jacob. Hey Jacob. Um, we went to the gas station earlier today and he uh, <laughs> was like, "Hey, you want to grab a snack or something?" And we spent like 10 minutes looking at all the all the snacks and like reading the ingredients trying to figure out like what can I eat? Right <laughs> And eventually, you know, he kept uh, bringing out suggestions and like giving them to me and like, can you eat this? Can you eat that? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Like fat free milk. No, I can't. can't eat that. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually he was just like, your goddamn diet is getting on my nerves.
0: <laughs> uh, that like encapsulates a whole <laughs> vegan experience. That, that that sentence right there. <laughs> your goddamn diet is getting on my nerves.
1: Yeah, so uh, it, what did you find
0: did you finally find anything?
1: I got some uh Nature Valley Crunchy Granola bars.
0: Those are the peanut butter flavored ones? Yeah. Those are delicious.
1: Yes, they are delicious and They're very um, good. Yeah, I've, I've I've always liked these uh Nature Valley Crunchy Granola bars. Um
0: We're not getting paid by the way to say that. Justin's just saying
2: it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I, I got I checked out the ingredients on the back and was like, "Hey, you know what? Like, I can eat this. There's there's no no dairy products. There's no there's no honey. Uh, there's no egg in these Nature Valley Crunchy Granola Bars. So I, I went ahead I went ahead and bought two packages. Um, nice. and it was relatively cheap. I don't know exactly how much it costs, but it, I would say, um, the price was reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went ahead and, and got some of those, uh, nature Valley crunchy granola bars and where am I? Where well, so am I will I say
0: to real quick, if I can just, if I can just jump in for a second, it gets a lot easier over time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. I can walk
0: into a gas station and not even have to look and pretty much just know what I can eat and what I cannot eat. Listeners, everybody, everybody who knows me knows this for sure. But if you don't know, I've been a vegan for four years and four months, something like that. Wow. Just so, yeah, just in case you didn't know. So yeah. I can I can speak to Justin's experience being a, a new vegan. I remember
1: those days. Yeah, and you know the buffet and the gas station are just a couple of incidents. I think in general it's been uh, much easier than I would have thought. Basically, you know I don't I don't generally consume like a great deal of a great deal of dairy. Um, I had already cut out the meat, and uh, it was basically a. So you basically, basically would
0: have just had to like to like pay attention to like cheese. And
1: yeah, it was basically a, ma- a matter of replacing uh, replacing the milk and uh, just cutting the cheese on out. And that actually the cheese is the hardest part because cheese has I dream about cheeseburgers uh, from time to time. Uh, other times, however, the thought of a cheeseburger makes me want to hurl.
0: you probably would hurl if you ate one. Now that it's been, you know, a few weeks since you,
1: yeah, you know, since you've even had meat. You know, it's and been a month since I've had meat in my body.
0: I didn't realize it had been that long. That's congratulations. That's amazing. It's um, you. If we had a drop, we would have one of people clapping. <laughs>
1: um, you know what? I'm probably gonna throw a drop in there. Uh, Emma is very against drops uh, for some reason. I think.
0: Well, I think Yeah, we're having a conversation about it. We're having a conversation about drops. I I think they're annoying. They sound like we're we're trying to be like shock jocks, you know?
1: Well, you know, um, I think we've been accused of being shock jocks. Yeah, we've had one
0: accusation of being shock jocks. Hi,
1: Uh, Mom. (laughs)
2: This is my mom.
1: (laughs) I I think my my mom uh, (laughs) sort of thinks along the same lines as well. She, she's always asking me, you know, like, do you really have to swear so much? But what? yes, the answer is yes, yes, we do.
0: Well, anyway, congratulations on a month of not eating meat. You know, I told you, I told you about about how cheese is uh, cheese is so addictive, and so many people have a hard time giving up cheese because it produces the same kind of um, chemicals in your brain that. Um, that opiates produce.
1: And that really explains a
0: lot. I sent you an article. I suggested an article about it. You know, I don't know if you, if you read the whole thing, but yeah, it, it, that is a very hard thing for people to give up. Um, it wasn't hard for me because I didn't eat cheese. Um, I didn't, I've never really cared for cheese, but, wow. um, but a lot of people, they say I could go vegan, but for the cheese, but yeah, you know, you feel so good now because you're getting all of this, this, this poison out of your body. Yeah. You know, and you've probably never been without that before, you
1: know. Yeah, and, and, and I think it would be uh, maybe a bright idea if we had some like cheese dependency, like rehabilitation center <laughs> set up. You know. <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, a lot of people would be, you know, talking to their friends about like getting off the cheese, and you're like, well, after this last round of like cheese injections, I think that uh, I'll be able to finally get off the cheese. Just
2: mm-hmm. finally, cheese anonymous finally
1: <laughs> cheese yeah. anonymous after yeah. that last
0: cheese bender man i just can't do it again <laughs> oh
1: my god i've bi- i binged on cheese um, <laughs> Binged cheese so hard last weekend and i just i just <laughs> got a detox uh, <laughs> but there was one more thing about the buffet that i really wanted to share with you um yeah because this the the main thing about the buffet was you know, you you go in there. First of all, you're spending like 15 bucks to go into a place, you know, where you feel like nothing is there for you to really right. put in your body. Yes, And you just, you got all these, you got these bars of, of food set out and you, you go to the beans and there's like a chunk of meat in there and you're like... <sighs> I don't yeah. know if this meat like was if, if this was prepared this way or if some somebody just like was very um, hectic about the way they were piling the food on their plates and just kind of like messed it all up for all the vegans and vegetarians here. <laughs>
0: they were like panic hungry and just like throwing food everywhere because they were so hungry.
1: <laughs> no time to be nice and neat. I got to <laughs> eat right
2: now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah. And and. um So, even even the vegetables, I was wary of, you know, how is this prepared? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, in fact, I had some corn on my plate, and when I sat down to eat it, it it tasted like fish. Oh, God. Yeah, which, like, that would have disturbed me, you know, a month ago when I was Mm -hmm. still eating fish. Of course, it was that much more disturbing.
2: That's that's really disgusting. <laughs> it,
1: it was it, it, and you know once you really start being um, wary of what you of what you're eating and, and what you are putting in your body and you know whether or not you're uh, you're thriving on animal murder, it really does become a, a sort of visceral reaction when you feel like maybe I'm eating something as you know, he juices in it or whatever
0: yeah yeah and um, I was gonna ask when you about the, the buffet when you were there the people who were there with you um, did they did they say anything did they make any kind of comments or anything or ask you questions about you know why you were eating what you were eating
1: not not really I mean we we talked about it a little bit um, it did become known to everyone who's there that I, I am vegan but it wasn't really a um, it wasn't a big deal I've had a couple of cousins go uh vegetarians and even some other fam- family members who went vegetarian for a while or whatever uh, <laughs> my, my mom uh was messing with me like she would hide her chicken like while she was eating it like <laughs> as, as if to you know as if she were like trying to trying not to tempt me with the chicken. The chicken was looking pretty good. I got to be honest; it was it smelling good, oh. good but, uh,
0: yeah. Sometimes I smell bacon. Sometimes and I'm like, oh man, that
1: smells really good. Oh lord. But you telling, telling me I was You telling me the bacon cravings don't ever go away.
0: Um, th- no. I mean, to smell something and, and think that it smells good is not the same thing as craving it.
1: I, I um, guess so.
0: You know, I, I don't crave. I don't crave meat or anything ever. Um. And usually I think that it smells pretty bad. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think I've been farther away from it for so much longer than you have. Mm. You know, it's, it's different. Um, I've told you this and, you know, I'll say it again. Colleen Patrick Goudreau, who is a really well-known vegan activist, she has a podcast. Um, She writes books and she's amazing. She says about cravings, about the cravings that you experience, um, especially when you're transitioning. You're not craving meat. You're craving the flavors mm-hmm. of meat. You're craving salt and fat. And you're craving the kind of um, nostalgia that comes from eating something that you know that you've enjoyed. Right. Uh, you know, like the way that we, we obviously connect food um, to memory, but you are not craving that meat. You aren't you are not craving milk, you know. You might be craving cheese only because cheese is fucking addictive. <laughs> but we don't really think about it in those terms, I think. But, you know, if I smell bacon and I think, oh my god, that smells really good, what I'm responding to is the um the the idea of eating it and the idea of like the crunch and the salt and the fat and the Justin's smiling right now, like should I not be talking about bacon? I I mean uh. It is.
1: It is somewhat <laughs> tantalizing.
0: Well, you know, and you just have to like be prepared to be tantalized by it. Sometimes you don't have to eat it.
1: Well, um, it's I've, a
2: choice that you make.
1: I've given up the pleasures of the flesh, so I, I think that um, <laughs> it's it's not really that it's not really that difficult. Like, I can I can resist the bacon.
0: What was the the kind of impetus for this because this happened really suddenly didn't it Justin like this I mean I was shocked at how you were like you're very committed
1: um, right? the impetus <laughs> it's a combina- it's a combination of uh, of a lot of different factors i I've considered myself to be a pretty unhealthy individual for the past few years um, i gained a I've gained a good deal of weight since. Well, like I said I haven't been very active since I left high school um, gained a good deal of weight and uh, I've been smoking for a long time and often I feel like you know what like I'm supposed to be in my prime right now and I'm just destroying my body so like, any way that I can um, do something to sort of curb that um, I really I really want to get right on it uh, you know I've been I've been trying to s- quit smoking for a long time, but honestly, going vegetarian was relatively uh, simple. I've I've tried it before uh, in phases, and it didn't really work out, but I just sort of went uh, cold turkey, in a matter of Uh words.
0: Cold turkey. (laughs) Uh,
1: This time, and it's been relatively easy, and I think part of that is that I uh, sort of have uh, a buddy helping me out. You you. I know <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would definitely I would definitely be very uh, embarrassed if I were to you know suddenly to start eating meat again I would be embarrassed to share that information um, with with the people I've told about it which is just about everybody I know uh, Oh, okay so I, I, I got to this point after I moved to Dallas where it is you know it was a hundred degrees every day. Every single day, it was 100 degrees outside and just dry. It's such a different feeling from being in Mississippi where it's humid all the time, where we always complain about the humidity. Um, But go to Dallas (laughs) during the summer when it's 100 degrees outside and dry, and just like you can't be outside for longer than a few seconds, really. But, uh, you know, I was constantly going outside to smoke. Um, especially since I was working, um, I was, I was working on my album and uh, I just, I always end up, you know, chain smoking when I'm doing that. And so of course I was outside walking to the gas station, um, and my, my calves started cramping up and the sun started, the sun was getting to me and I was about halfway back, to the apartment from the gas station, and it, the pain just became unbearable. And based, long story short, I, I basically, I almost passed out, I ended up calling an ambulance when I got back to the uh, to the apartment because I, I was really afraid that I was gonna die. And that was sort of a wake up call, you know, that I need, I need to be more healthy, and you know, mm-hmm. this, this shouldn't be happening to a 24-year-old individual. And we have been talking a while and uh, I guess I just I, I knew that you were you were vegan um, and it's something I've been, I've' been thinking about for a while so I just decided you know let me give this a shot that that's that um,
0: It's working out quite well
1: yeah working out quite well I'm, I'm feeling amazing
0: We do have to I do have to teach you how to cook tofu though
1: Yes you do because I've got tofu sitting in my fridge. Ah, I really meant to have eaten that by, like, today. But I don't know how to cook it.
0: The internet, I told you.
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) Google
0: that shit. You can do it.
1: Google is amazing. I found some great recipes for, like, vegan chocolate cupcakes that you could make in the microwave in, like, 10 minutes.
0: If you pick a food you like that isn't vegan and just, just Google, like, say, like, mac and cheese, if you just Google vegan mac and cheese you'll find, like, 50 recipes. I mean, like, vegan pizza, like, vegan chicken wings. Like, you'll, you can find, there's, I mean, anything can be made vegan. There's
1: vegan everything. And um, it's better. And, and I, I also don't want to downplay uh, the fact that I, I have come to a personal moral conviction that it is wrong to kill animals for food when it is not necessary for me to do that. Of course, no one is going to say like I'm the person killing the animals for food, but that's what that's what's happening. We're paying someone to kill the animal, and mm. then we're going to the store and buying their dead carcasses and cooking them up and eating them. And um, we don't have to do that. So we, I think it's personally, I don't think that's right, and I don't want to continue to participate in in taking the lives of any living being just. Or uh, the novelty of dining on their bench.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, that's about it. And of course, you know, the pussy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why men always go vegan, isn't it? That's what you would think, that it's always for the pussy. I
1: mean, that's the real reason, you know. Mm.
0: Well, it, why not, though?
1: <laughs> why not? You know, like, <laughs> it can make you do great things.
0: There you go. That's
1: all I'm saying. Yeah. That's where the witchcraft is. I had to decipher this world all on my own, cause nobody took the time to tell me how it's all supposed to go. All I knew was God, until I lost his number. And ever since then, I've been most often lost in woman, lost in wonder. Used to make my faith stronger, laying alongside what could only come from a creator, but became the altar upon which I lay my soul to offer. Cause hope had altered, I no longer thought my soul would prosper. Inside the gates of a city built on my praises, my feelings of emptiness, no, the spirit couldn't assuage it. On daily basis I try my best to face and embrace it. try to open up but no matter how deeply I love it's never close enough but I'm close to coping when we hold each other though I know enough to understand we'll never know each other but if we come to know ourselves adjacent console each other maybe we can grow together maybe baby
0: Um, Justin, I wanted to, um, talk a little bit more about this kind of like new awareness that you have about the ethics of not eating animals. Um, because a lot of people, they become vegan for health reasons and then they become aware of like these, these ethical issues. And that's, that was my process as well. And I think it takes people a lot longer generally longer than you know a a month without eating meat to kind of start thinking about these things you know I'm really impressed that like you're thinking about them and and I was you know I've read several places several um several activists who who basically say that the animal rights movement is the next civil rights movement and that's certainly not to say that like other civil rights movements are like unnecessary or like over or passe or whatever but I don't know. I just kind of wanted to like to hear more about about your 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 thinking about that. I guess. Um, you
1: you mean more about the moral aspect of my decision, or or?
0: Well, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. How do you see? Do you, how do you see veganism as being like intersectional?
1: Oh, okay. Um, a lot. The one of the things that you hear a lot is you know they're they're uh, killing our. Uh, you are killing black people like animals in the street, mm. and, and um, I think as a black person, it would—I uh, feel like maybe it would be—it uh, might be good for uh, us as a society to start treating animals better because that—that that so- somewhat means that we're going to start treating black people better. Uh, <laughs> but on on a more serious note, though, um, this is—and this is a, a pretty kind of a broad topic so I might be pulling something like from way up deep in my ass here but (laughs) I think that (laughs) I think um, many aspects of you know (laughs) the culture of black dining and and, then we're you know we were talking things that would be like stereotypes like uh, you know black people loving pork. And chicken which you know it's it's strange <laughs> to me that uh these are stereotypes because there's like a stereotype for every meat like black people liking every meat which basically means like oh the black people eat meat like the rest of everyone
2: but <laughs> yeah exactly
0: yeah and then there's also that stereotype of like like black people really liking greens too like collard yeah. greens, like that's more of a southern stereotype, maybe I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I've always, I've always seen, you know, most of these stereotypes, like black people love fried chicken, black people love ribs, black people eat like greens and cornbread. I'm like, I haven't been to like a southern white person's house where they like weren't eating greens and cornbread and ribs and fried chicken, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that a lot of aspects of what was considered to be black culture uh, today have come from being stolen and colonized as a people. And because there have been somewhat parallel progressions of culture between the descendants of slaves and the descendants of overseers, we, some things have, uh, remained, you know, cultural denominators and some things have altered. And, and I think, uh, or, or they have taken different forms I think uh, like black religion and southern white religion are so similar in many ways but so different because they serve they started off as serving different functions uh, mm-hmm. but, but when we're talking about the food I think um, it comes to a matter of health because you know a lot, a lot of black people especially in the south are still eating like the worst parts of the animal. Well, the quote-unquote worst parts of the animal. Um, it's co- it's becoming hard to talk about it now um, because I don't want to say you know they're eating the worst part of the animal because I don't think that they're. I don't. Like there's a good
0: part. Yeah, to, I, don't, I no longer yeah. think
1: that there's a good part to be eating. But, but like,
0: um, I know what you mean though by like like pig's feet. Yeah. You know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and like hot dogs, which is which is pretty much like pig
1: buttholes. Yeah. So, so, like, the, the culture of, you know, being given just, like, the scraps.
0: Right. right? I see what you're saying.
1: Once, once you learn to accept the scraps. Culturally, then, like it becomes a norm, and, yeah. and uh, it's no longer a matter of like, oh, we're accepting this. It's like, oh, this is what we
0: eat. Yeah, because there was a time where maybe it was like, you should be grateful that you're getting this. Yeah, yeah, like we're gonna have the prime rib, and you're gonna have like the the, the fucking noses. Yeah, the buttholes. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I'm know,
0: laughing. I'm laughing at the word butthole. I'm sorry, I just can't like butthole.
1: Butthole is a funny <laughs> word, but uh, you know, like. There's there's a culture of like eating chicken butts and like people who are country like still do that shit. Like like fighting over the chicken butts.
2: It's interesting. It, it it
0: I hadn't really thought of that and, and it and it reminds me of like how much veganism is seen as an elitist movement. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's so expensive to be vegan and it's like it's like a west coast, east coast thing and like you have to be able to just like drop a hundred dollars at Whole Foods every time you want to and um you know most people can't do it and that's such a misconception
1: you know i've uh everything that i've uh, gotten from grocery shopping has been from walmart i went to walmart one time you know uh, a little bit under a week ago and i've still got you know plenty of of milk and plenty of vegan cuisine in my kitchen and um you know, since I've gone, since I went vegetarian, and especially since I've gone vegan, I really haven't been that hungry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had so much energy that, like, some days, it's actually been hard to sleep because my body has more energy than you know, like, sixteen waking hours worth. It's it's mm-hmm. like twenty to twenty two waking hours worth, and then. Mm-hmm. Then I end up staying up all night, and then I'm tired.
0: Because you're eating healthy calories, you know, or at least healthier calories. Not everything that vegans eat is healthy. Mm. I mean, I love to eat curly fries. Like, I would eat curly fries, like, all day long if it wouldn't kill me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and you you told me uh, the other day that uh, Oreos are vegan, which I Mm -hmm. did not know. They are. Uh, So, like, that's going to be a problem. Because I'm gonna eat every Oreo that I see from wow. here until death.
2: <laughs> well, I'll be there. I'll
0: be right there, like trying to fucking trip you so I can get to them first. <laughs> now I've actually had to stop buying those things because I'll just sit there and eat a whole a whole package of them. But mm. um, yeah, no, there's a lot of unhealthy vegan food. So it's you know, and there are are um, not not every vegan is is you know fucking skinny and athletic. Like look at me, I'm not. Um, and there are like overweight vegans and vegetarians, I'm I'm
1: rolling my eyes.
0: I'm not, I, I, I have a normal, a normal body. I'm not like, I'm not like a little, a little Scott Jurek or a little rich Roll. I'm just throwing out the names of vegan athletes, but anyway, (laughs) um, vegans and vegetarians do statistically have a lower body weight, lower BMI, um, Mm. and way fewer health problems. Um, that's true, but it doesn't mean that like we're automatically healthy. I mean, yeah. I could eat French fries and, and, and Oreos all day. Um, I, I choose not to, um, but I could do that and still be a vegan. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's kind of, you know, there's just a lot of misconceptions, like, all around, I think. But, you know, what's going up in price right now, talking about, like, the, the sort of question of, of who can go vegan and vegetarian, what's getting more expensive is is meat, dairy, and eggs. It's not things like rice and beans, and bread and peanut butter and potatoes.
1: All of that shit, like, that you just listed is, like, in abundance. You know, like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like rice is never going to be super expensive. Beans. Nope. Peanuts. Like, that's, that's like, the shit that is historically, like, given away. Mm-hmm. And we have to pay for it because, you know, capitalism shit. But, you know.
2: Yes, it's cheap
0: stuff. Okay, so no, what I was what I was trying to say is the question the question of of, um, of of sort of money and who can afford what when it comes to diets. We're looking at it from completely the wrong angle because eventually, what's going to be impossible for poor people to afford is animal products. The that the prices are increasing, whereas veganism is very affordable. You know, as long as you don't buy, like, expensive, like, pre-made stuff. Like, if you buy a bunch of vegan cheese and um, stuff like that, th- these kind of processed products, that that's where your price is going to go up. But What's um,
1: that popular brand that they sell at, like, Walmart? That, like, there's always in the frozen food section, there's, like, one door's worth of, like, you got your vegan burgers and your vegan breakfast sandwiches. Morningstar? Morning star like six bucks for like
0: four patties
1: yeah Yeah. like that that's ridiculous
0: also some of those patties are not vegan some of them have milk and eggs so watch yourself yeah just check the ingredients
1: well i mean i don't i i didn't buy them because i I could go like right over to the produce aisle which is like
0: no that's the smarter way to do it i'm just saying like for if you buy that brand just be sure that you look i used to eat them when i was vegetarian i would eat them and then i had to Mm. stop when i became vegan that's, that's the big problem. The problem with, with food and, and with um, kind of like tiered access to things, it's not about who can go vegan. It's about who can continue to eat meat that is expensive. Um, yeah. And that is the problem when people say, well, okay, you know, yeah, factory farms are terrible and they're hugely problematic. Um, that's why we should all just get our meat from like local producers and local farms. And that really drives me insane because... You know, even if you if you accept that that is better um, from a health angle, which it perhaps is, you still have the question of ethics. You know, you still have an animal that's getting killed so you can eat it when you don't need to. Yeah. But that food is so expensive; it is unsustainably expensive. You know, if you were to get in your car and drive to a fucking farm, pick out your cow and have it be killed, it would be so expensive. And I have a friend who actually, she does get her meat from a farm, and she talks about how expensive it is. That is something that is, something that is, that is accessible to very few people. And there is no way that, that small farms like that could meet the, the, the demand that has been yeah. created by the fact that we have factory farms because that's what we need to have to yeah, produce meat at the pace that it's being you know, demanded.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, once a bunch of people start doing something, you know, buying something or whatever, like it has to be industrialized. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like driving to the farm and picking out your cow, like, that seems to be the kind of ridiculous thing that you do simply because you can. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as though at a certain point, the question is are you doing this to solidify your status?
0: well, my let me just say, like my friend to whom I'm referring in case she's listening um Ooh. hey i'm not calling I'm not calling her out at all. I know that she does this because she is a health nut and she wants to know that her food that her the meat that she eats doesn't have any um any any antibiotics or or anything like that in it, and she's willing to spend her money there, um which is like completely you know her choice um and i'm not i wasn't I'm not trying to like. To say that that's the case for everyone. I do think that you're right, though. For, for a lot of people, that is that is why they do it. Um, well, I was going to try to bring up the thing that we were talking about a few days ago about um, about like meat and masculinity, if you wanted to...
1: Yeah, um, there's this idea that we have as a culture that eating meat is a very manly thing to do. You know, especially if you're an athlete which is a very manly thing to be.
0: Of course. <laughs> yeah. You're basically but a girl if you're not an athlete.
1: You're ba- basically, um, I mean, really, the part of, like, the, the construct of masculinity is, you know, I, I think of, like, a very muscle, muscly...
2: Muscly,
1: uh <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Come on, you can do it.
1: <laughs> think of a very muscly dude with, like, Maybe an an axe or something, and like a giant beard, and he's like, you know, going out and like killing an animal and, and like eating it like rare and yeah. That that seems kind of cartoonish. Well, what about but the think about
0: the term beefcake?
1: Beefcake, yes. Yeah. So. It's like it's like they are made of beef. Exactly. They're so, they're so masculine. They're made of beef. They're just bleeding,
0: bleeding beef.
1: In that, like, yes. that turns women on. So, so sexy.
0: Ugh. So
1: much. Like, she just wants to take a bite out of his giant pecs that are made of beef. Uh, Getting really grossed out right now. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it seems kind of cartoonish. But I don't think that I'm too far off from what you know. Any, anyone would think of as, like, the image of masculinity. No, you're not far off at all. And I, and I think um, inherent in that concept are violence and domination. Mm-hmm. I think most of us are more or less aware of the necessity of violence in in order to be masculine. You have, you, you have to be able to and willing to take what you need or what you desire from someone or something it up to the point of, you know, you need to take life in order to sustain your own life. And that's not necessary, but being part of the construct of masculinity, it's something that's hard to let go of for men in particular, because I think most men want to be <laughs> masculine or want to seem masculine because there's there's pressure from society in order to, uh, there's pressure from society to seem that way, mm-hmm. to, to project this masculine image. You don't want to be a bitch or a pussy. You want to, you know, be able to take care of yourself. And, and,
0: and tofu, like, I mean, there are, like, ad campaigns that specifically, like, frame men who eat tofu and men who eat vegetables as weak. <laughs> I was reading about a couple of them recently, and I'll look for the article, and I'll I'll post it on um, on our Facebook page. Uh, if, if I can find these these articles, but yeah, these were these were actually sort of controversial because they were so um, explicitly and openly both sexist and homophobic. Mm. Um, you know, using terms like like fruit, you know, which is of yeah. course like a ho- very homophobic term that also seems to speak to like what you're talking about about this idea that like men have to eat meat, and if they eat things that aren't meat, like. They're 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 you know they're they're feminine or they're gay or, or these other things that are supposedly bad. Yeah. Um. So it's it's not even as as subtle as we might think. I mean, I think it's it's very in your face all the time. This connection yeah. between meat and masculinity.
1: Before I was saying that you know my my description of like the caricature I guess of, of masculinity was cartoonish, but relatively it's in line with what we get presented with, it. and we just kind of, we accept it, and I, th- and I think really, um, you know, amongst the, the men, the young men that I know, um, we accept it and embrace it, even. Uh, the cartoonish aspects of, of that construct.
0: Well, I think it's not even, I think the reason that it's so easy to accept and embrace is because it's so embedded in, in our culture. You know, like, there's, yeah. there's, I'm sure that there's part of me that You know, because I'm, you know, 30 years old and I've grown up in this culture that even as a, as a vegan and somebody who thinks about these things, like I make those connections in my head too, you know, just automatically it's just what happens. But there's, there's actually an interesting kind of backlash that's happening in the vegan world where You see articles online and podcasts that deal with this and um, some documentaries. There have been a lot of documentaries about veganism that have come out within the past three or four years. Um, Forks over knives and earthlings and the cove and a bunch of um, a bunch of documentaries that explore like veganism and animal rights from different angles. But there's the the backlash is basically vegans trying to to hold up these these specific figures in the vegan community and say, like, oh, look, like, vegans are like this, too. And and yeah. one example of that is the praise that vegan athletes are getting, especially people like Scott Jurek and Rich Roll. God, who else? Carl Lewis is a vegan. Um, mm. Mike Tyson. Who's wow, like, I didn't I didn't know that. <laughs> he's not vegan anymore. He was vegan. He was very, like, very sort of, like, out vegan for a while. But he's, and I'm not praising him. He's...
1: Was he just not eating like animals? Like, is he still eating ears? Or
2: <laughs> I think <know> probably was
1: <laughs> ears, ears of corn. Thank you very much.
2: But
0: <laughs> he was eating. He wasn't eating non-human animals. I think human animals were maybe still on the menu.
1: Corn the band.
0: But uh... no, what what what's happening is you see articles about vegan bodybuilders and like. Vegan ultra athletes and vegans in the Olympics and all, and and all of these um, these kind of these examples of how vegans are strong and vegans are athletic and vegans are healthy and they're not weak little like
1: you know I just, mean I've, not,
0: you know they're not weak and we don't just eat from, carrots and you know from
1: from what I've seen uh, it's it's very uh, in line with the co- well the construct of masculinity and the message is part me but the message is like. Vegans aren't bitches. Yeah, like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I, I think it's um, to a certain extent. I think it's good and necessary to educate people um, and to dispel the notion that being vegan means that you're lacking something that you yeah. need, and and means that you can't be strong or healthy or whatever. But at the same time, I don't think that. It's good or necessary to, to to really perpetuate the notion that those things are associated with masculinity, and that masculinity is what you should be concerned about.
0: Yeah, well, the number one question that vegans get, and like people will definitely ask you this that they haven't already asked you, is where you get your protein. And that I've been asked that question probably hundreds of times over the past like you know four years and four months, but. And that definitely, like, that speaks to this idea that, like, it's presumed that vegans are weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, protein is not a problem. We get lots of protein. Most people get more protein than they need.
1: Yeah, I, I was about to say, actually, I'm, I'm definitely getting more protein than I was before. And yeah. I'm not even, yeah, I'm not yeah. even eating as much as I was before.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, and yeah, there's, there's. There's so many ways to get protein and it's healthier protein and our concern with protein stems from the fact that like the USDA um, has a really strong grip on what our government tells us that we need, you know, like the government supports the USDA at every turn, the USDA wants you to think that you're constantly protein deficient. And so you'll eat more meats and you'll, you know, whatever.
1: And, and, and I've it also heard comes that. To, like
0: the fact that we have this idea that like, if you are not eating fucking steak at every meal, like you're going to be weak and you're not going to be able to function. And so it's definitely very important to dispel that myth. But at the same time, like you're saying, vegans don't have to like measure up to like this, like arbitrary, like this is how you should be in order to be acceptable. Yeah. You know, like you guys also have to be able to lift a lot of weights in order for us to like take you seriously.
1: And, you know, as manly as I am, I really I, I'm just this way because that that's just that's just how I am. And it's who I am as an individual. You know, uh, it has nothing to do with wanting to look or see manly to other people. And that's why I made the very manly decision of going against people's notions of what what is manly. And being becoming a vegan based on my manly integrity—that's
0: true manliness.
1: Yes, and you did it.
0: You're doing it for the pussy too. So that's
1: real manliness. And yes, obviously, <laughs> I mean, guys. Okay. So <laughs> Emma, um, unfortunately, I think we're out of time.
0: Yeah, I think we've 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 talked each other's ears off quite a bit.
1: Yes, um, that
0: not a Mike Tyson reference. It just worked, didn't it?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know, this is the end of the of this episode of the podcast. Yes. Um, please uh, you know, give us a little feedback. Tell us what you what you think of the podcast. Tell us about the things that you want to hear us talk about. Maybe even send us some questions and Tell Justin how manly he is. Tell me how manly I am because it is one of my deepest desires. It is a wellspring of personal validation when someone reaffirms my masculinity.
0: Let's all get on that then and do it.
1: And I and I know I'm the man, but I still need you to tell me.
0: So yeah, holler at Justin. Tell him he's the man. He's um a manly man. And uh, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/theUnluckyGenius, and find us. Uh, listen to our first episode on SoundCloud
1: yeah listen to our first episode on soundcloud um this has been the unlucky genius podcast episode number two i'm justin gudger
0: and i'm msbs
1: fuck joe we'll see you next week
0: fuck joe bye y'all
2: like these uh, Nature Valley crunchy granola bars.